You're listening to Courage to be Seen with Sherry Clark, whose passion and purpose is to assist others to achieve their dreams. This hit show spans the headlines to focus on how to help women across the globe acknowledge and honor their talents and to help light your way to success. Whether Sherry is mentoring women to tap into their ace power or bust through the conscious or unconscious barriers within, there is no holding back when your courage to be seen emerges. Authentic, confident, and empowered are the keys to the life you want. No excuses in the professional world. Listen up. Sherry will change your mind and tell you about the power that is all you. Explore the freedom of embracing the whole of who you are and feel the courage to be seen with Sherry Clark now. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Listen, we have a great show. Um, I get to I get to do some incredible things. First of all, I get to work with people like Sherry Clark. And one of the things that I love about this is that every time every time I think that there's something really, really difficult about life, I get a message. And what's the message I get? Well, if you work with Sherry, you're going to get a number of different messages. Today, we're looking at what does it mean to be an ace? You're going to hear about what Sherry has created, why she's created it, and what this platform that has to do with courage to be seen is all about. And as a matter of fact, uh, she encouraged me to do a couple of really interesting things in the past month. One of them was to ask somebody to be my partner in a table tennis competition. And uh, as easy as you may be thinking, Pat, really? That was hard for you? Yeah, that actually was hard for me. Uh, the good news is I did ask him. We did play and we actually did come in third. But today's show is to talk about what her coaching program, what this ACES coaching program is about and why is this important in the world today? For those of you that know Sherry, you know that she is the person that is right behind Courage to be Seen. She has created it and is bringing it out into the forefront. But more than that, you know, her career as a top executive in the technology industry, all the recognition, the awards, what she has done has all set her and made her ready for today. Sherry, it's great to be here. We're talking about ACEs today. Yeah, well, thanks, Dr. Pat. It's, it's, uh, it's always great to, uh, to have this uh, time to have this conversation with you. And, uh, you know, before we dive into ACEs, you know, if we think about what we talked about last month and courage and not, not gigantic, heroic things of courage. Now, granted, those are all good, but we talked about really everyday courage and the five elements of courage, physical courage, emotional courage, moral, social, intellectual courage, and how this is part of our everyday life. And there's a lot of decisions and choices we make every day that that have to do with courage. And, you know, it was fun for me, in, in addition to your table tennis uh, story, to talk to people that had a chance to, to listen to the show and see how it impacted their lives. And they said that, you know, after listening to it, they thought about something that they were doing and going, hey, you know what? I'm making a decision with not very much courage. I could use more courage. And then they would speak up 
and how that like little step changed their lives. And, and, you know, that's why we do this because uh, right. it's just great to be able to, to hear those stories and how we can, you know, positively uh, help impact people's lives. So, so I think it was great to, you know, uh, talk about courage last month and then now we can really integrate going from the discussion on courage into ACEs and, and how the two really, uh, you know, correlate and overlap and uh, fill kind of our lives in, in general. Well, you know, and let's start off by talking about what uh, ACES stands for. You know, the ACES program that you created really is the cornerstone for the work that you do with other with other women, with other people in general. But, you know, for us today, ACES stands for something significant in your coaching platform. You know, let's take a look at what the A and ACES means. Yeah, so, you know, ACEs came from just having the discussion that I have with, with women um, and what are some areas that they really want or need to focus on, you know, in their lives, in their professional lives um, to be more successful. So the A is for being authentic. And, uh, um, you know, a great quote is from Brene Brown, where authenticity is a collection of choices that we have to make every day. It's about the choice to show up and be real, the choice to be honest, the choice to let our true selves be seen. And I think that really correlates right with courage to be seen. And so I love that quote um, from Brene Brown. And uh, I think most people, though, when they think about authentic, the first thing that comes to mind is politicians. And they always say, you know, are they flip-flopping? Are they being authentic? <laughs> what kind of message are, are they are they giving? Are they telling one group one thing, trying to get their vote, and another uh, group something else? Um, so, yeah, that is being authentic. But that's not the authentic I want us to focus on. I want us to focus on and think about, are we being authentic to ourselves? You know, are we letting our true selves be seen and be heard. Um, so it's more about your heart and soul and are you being authentic to yourself? And so that that's really the focus I think we have to think about when we think of authentic. It's huge though. I mean, it's big. I mean, there's a couple of things that I, I think are important that you're going to walk us through uh, and, t- and walk us through. And I have to tell you, I was quite surprised when I saw the outline you put together and the evolution of this and I thought really, really hard about it. And I almost canceled my noon to look at she's smiling. Took it. I got to tell you, this is, this is like, this God has got like a big, big joke going on here. But I read this and I was on the verge of canceling my noon show. I took this noon show It's a different show. It's called Power Up with Dr. Pat. It's not anything like the Dr. Pat show. And I did a show the other day. I'm not going to tell everybody what it was, but it was really quite edgy for me. And uh, and yet it was true and authentic and factual. And after I was done, I said this, did I go too far? And then I get an email out of the blue from somebody I haven't talked to in a year. And just as I'm ready to walk away from something because I'm uncomfortable, I get your outline and I read what you wrote about authentic. And I tell you, Sherry, I had to look at myself in the face. You could ask Kat. She'll tell you, I sent an email out to the team. Okay, we're canceling the noon show. And then I got ready for today's show. And I realized I can't do that. 
No, no, you you, you have to because no, authentic is the key to trust. And so trusting others and trusting yourself. And so if you don't be authentic, if you can't look in the mirror and say, yes, I am being the person that I want to be, I am allowing myself to, to be seen, then it's kind of like, what, what, what's next? I mean, there, there, it, there really isn't anything else. I mean, that's my key that I do. When I look in the mirror, you know, every morning, every night, I want to know, hey, I'm making the decisions, you know, that match my heart and soul. And not everyone might agree with them. You know, are they too edgy? Um, you know, something like that. Because I'm always trying to push push the edge of myself. I'll, I'll admit that. But um, that, that that's the real test. And so you want to be authentic. You want to be able to trust yourself because you'll know. You, you might be able to fool everyone else or at least think you're fooling everyone else. But you can't fool yourself. You know, your heart and soul will know if you're being, being authentic. So um, that that's really the foundation. You And you have to you have to have that. Do we understand what the word authentic means? I want to dive a little bit deeper into this because, you know, I thought I had this covered. And like I said, I sat down and I looked at what you and I are talking about right now. And I got a rude awakening into asking myself many questions. But do the does the average person understand the depth and the breadth of authentic as well as what you've pointed out in terms of authentic and trust? See, I don't know that that as women, I'll just speak for, you know, women. I don't know that this is something I grew up learning. I think I'm learning it now. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, we can look at the definition of authentic, you know, of being genuine, based on facts, accurate, reliable. You know, so people think of like, you know, is this an authentic wood stove? Is this an authentic painting? Um, you can think of uh, synonyms. Is it original? Is it true? Is it dependable, trustworthy? But I think it's better to think about questions of how authentic relates to your own life. Because we could all, we could all you know, Google and, and try to understand the, the book definition, but that doesn't really help us. So um, think about sometimes someone asks you, are you okay? And you said you are, but you're really not. You know, now sometimes maybe they're not uh, close enough that you don't want to to share your personal story with them. And, and that's okay. You don't have to be um, completely vulnerable and authentic and share, you know, be over emotional to every single person you meet. But when someone close to you asks if you're okay and you say, no, you just say, yeah, everything's fine, but it's not, you know, you, you really aren't being authentic. You're not being authentic to yourself and you're not opening yourself up to have a, a connection with someone that is close to you in your life. So, um, you know, when, when was the last time that happened? You know, there's another thing, um, and this is really, you know, ties very closely in with emotional courage that, uh, think about what are you avoiding in, in your life just because, uh, you don't want to feel. So if we think back to your yeah. uh, table tennis example, yeah. you know, how hard was it really to, to ask somebody to, um, to be your partner. But for some reason, you probably were afraid that they might turn you down and you didn't want to have to have that rejection. You don't want to feel the rejection. You and know, what's interesting about what you're saying. You're it's a two. It's like the one, two punch. You're absolutely right about rejection, but I didn't think I was good enough to ask him. And you know what, Sherry, about this is really bizarro. 
when people saw that I showed up and was playing with Louie, right? Mr. Louis Sakao. They looked at us and they said, people looked at me and said, you're playing with Louie. I said, yeah. They said, how'd that happen? I said, I asked him. Yeah. And they just looked. And, and so those are the kinds of, 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 of things that we're talking about that if we don't step out and trust ourselves enough in this arena, I got to tell you, we won't get half the things done that we're meant to do, would we? No. So, so let me just give um, our listeners uh, just a couple yeah. of things that they can do um, today to be more authentic. Right. The first one is just admit that you're not going to be perfect. And this one's hard for me. And I've been working on it my whole life, I think. Um, but the reality is, if you're going to try to be perfect, you're already a failure because it's impossible. No one can be perfect. And you have to admit that. So that's the first one. You know, just just have that kind of mindset. Um, the second one, I'd say be present. Live in the, mo- in the moment. You know, that's how you be authentic. It's really what you're doing today and right now. Don't worry about what might happen in the future. Don't worry about what's happened in the past. And then the last one is, you know, be more self-aware. Observe yourself. Observe your reactions. Observe what resistance you're feeling. And these, are, these things are small things you can start to do and you'll be more authentic today. You know, Sherry, we're going to talk lots more about this. But one of the things that I think... When I hear you talk about this, this is such a key element for us to understand, master, and take your advice and and really look at doing some of these things that you're talking about. And, you know, I want to ask you because, I mean, this had to be a challenge for you in your life. I mean, I look at where you are, right, in technology. I mean, I can't hardly even say the word technology, right? But I look at where you are and what, how do we handle, let's talk about this when we come back from break. How do we handle this idea of being authentic and having confidence? How do we do both, right? Because you're right about the the ping pong thing. I mean, honestly, a little bit annoyed with kind of the comments people were making, right? Like, who's your partner, Louie? What? Louie's your partner? I, I got so annoyed that I played really well. Um, but how do we look at ourselves or look in the mirror and just stand tall, keep our heads up high? I want to talk to you about that when we get back, because I also know that this is an element of the work that you do with people. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. This is Courage to be Seen. And... Sherry Clark is right here, hosted this fabulous show. She is also the uh, amazing thought leader behind Courage to be Seen. And you're going to hear lots more about that. You're going to hear lots more about what she's doing to engage people. And you're going to hear about a coaching program, the one we're talking about now. I don't even want to call it a coaching program. I'm going to call it a way of being in life that each of us can master, master, Master to muster the courage to be seen. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to Courage to be Seen. I just want to make sure that if you want to find out more about Sherry, you can go to couragetobeseen.com and you'll find out about 
the ACEs program. You'll find out about the uh, elements we talked about before and more is to come on the site. So you'll see how this evolves into ideas about workshops, about how to really take the tools that Sherry has created and bring them into your everyday life because we are talking about everyday courage. Um, Look, we just talked about authenticity and you're right. You know, there is a relationship between authenticity and trust, which we'll talk about. But the question that I had is, and this is what I faced this week, is can I be confidently authentic? (laughs) Well, they, I mean, there are similarities and and they work together and there are are differences. I I think the thing that you have to to remember is that you, it's very much, pretty much impossible to be really successful without being confident. It's, it's like the foundation, right? Just like um, being authentic and trust, they, there's a, a tie there and being confident and, and successful. The great thing about confidence though, is you can fake it until you make it. The best thing to do if you don't have enough confidence is to start. And as you are successful doing even a simple thing, then you can get more confidence and then you can get more confidence. And the, the number one suggestion I'd have for you, if you don't have enough confidence, is to prepare. The better prepared you are, the more confident you'll be. All of a sudden, if you prepare your speech, let's say, over and over and over again, eventually you're not really worried about what to say because it's all memorized. Now, if you don't take the time to prepare, then of course you're gonna be nervous. If you take the time to go look at the venue maybe beforehand, if you make sure your notes are right, you know the projector is going to work, the better prepared you are, the more confident you automatically will be. The other thing that's really interesting to think about when it comes to confidence is there's a definite relationship between your physical body and confidence. And so you can actually create confidence by being aware of what you do. So one of the suggestions, and uh, you can find this, you know, on on the internet or anything, but let's say you have an important meeting or maybe it's an interview, go to the restroom beforehand. So you're in a stall all by yourself. And they say is do the superwoman pose, you know, put your arms out, you know, take up extra space, be big and, and do that for 30 seconds to a minute. And by having your body be in a very confident pose, it will psychologically actually give yourself more confidence. And when you go into that interview or you go into that meeting to give your presentation, you will speak with more confidence. Now, one thing is very interesting that uh, no one's really talking about, but I think about a lot. You know, what do we all do? We all sit on our cell phones and we sit like this, talking on our cell phones. Well, what's that doing? It's bringing your head down and you're all of a sudden almost like in this, uh, maybe almost a fetal position, right? You're crouched down as you're using both your thumbs on your phone, your shoulders are coming in. And that is the absolute worst posture when it comes to confidence. And so maybe, you know, you're waiting for that meeting to start or you're waiting for that big, important interview. And here you are filling time on your phone because you're just really trying to kill time. It's the worst thing you could ever do. Put your phone down, you know, hold your head up high, put your shoulders back. That's how you give confidence, not talking on our our cell phones. So I really wonder if there's actually this correlation between 
confidence going down as people spend more and more uh, time on their phones. You know, another thing that I heard um, many years ago, and I try to pay attention to it, is every time you walk through a doorway, and be very conscious as you walk through a doorway and push your shoulders back and, you know, and make sure you walk through all doorways. It doesn't matter if you're at, at your house and you're going you know, to your bedroom or if you're in the office going into a meeting room. If you always walk through with good posture, your head up high and your shoulders back, you will always walk into every room in your entire life with more, more confidence. So it's amazing how you handle yourself physically how it actually affects your brain and your body and your overall confidence. You know, uh, here's the thing that, that I'll tell you my chiropractor says. He, he says exactly what you're saying, but there's a physiology to it that affects the nerve endings that we haven't even begun to explore. Absolutely. It, it really is. And yet it's so hard. Have you ever found how difficult it is sometimes for people to literally look up and look you in the eye, right? To look you in the eye when they speak. And it's getting worse. It's getting worse. Do you, I think it's getting worse. Uh, it's so much so, uh, Linda was watching somebody being interviewed, one of the candidates being interviewed. Uh, and, and out of every, she couldn't even listen to what he was saying because she noticed that he wasn't looking at the interviewer. I mean, I, it was so hilarious for me to watch this because now I don't even remember what he was saying, but he looked away when he was talking. And Linda's like, why isn't he looking at her? And I said, I don't know. He's thinking, I mean, but do you think that there's an energy in this, especially around confidence, that's also important to acknowledge? Oh, yeah. You know, think about it. Someone won't look at you when they're talking. I mean, how are you going to trust them? How, that they, they don't even have enough confidence in what they're saying. You know, it's one thing sometimes when we're on video because sometimes the camera is at a goofy angle and people are looking at their monitor because that's the most, then it seems like they're having a conversation, but the camera could be at different angles. So with, with uh, in the internet and stuff, we do have to look at it a little bit different, but in real life, if someone won't, ever look at you and look at you in the eye. You really don't know if you should trust what they're saying. And so if you don't have that confidence, you have to practice it. You know, you have to, and there's things you can do. You can look at people's nose or their chin. And most people won't know the difference if you're looking at their eyes or slightly off from their eyes. So um, right. it really is that tough. You can, you can do those little tricks and that people won't, won't necessarily notice. But if you're only looking down at the floor no or one's going really to the side what you, what you have, you know, and another thing I'd like to talk about in confidence, you know, to relate it to courage um, that most people might not think about is um, thinking about moral courage, you know, and standing up for what you believe in, because that takes confidence. Um, and so I was kind of trying to think of, okay, when in my life from a career standpoint, because most people would say Sherry's very confident. Um, and I probably, I can't disagree with that. You know, confidence was not something that I probably ever really struggled with, but there are elements in my life that I'd say I didn't have enough confidence. And if I could rewind the clock, um, one that came up in my career, I know, cause it really affected me for a period of time is when I wanted to have a second child and I didn't talk about it at work. 
I wanted one, you know, my husband and I were going to try for a second child and we definitely knew it was going to affect our lives. This is a big thing for um, new potential moms. I never talked about it at work. Never. Nobody knew that we were trying to have a second child. And that was mainly, and you know what, and I know a lot of women, even today, um, this is a big thing in, in their life. And I didn't want it to affect my career. I didn't want people to, you know, question, was I dedicated to work? And you know what? The funniest thing is work has been nothing but supportive of me and raising my kids. There was no reason I didn't talk about it at work other than in my head, the conversation was something I should keep to myself or um, I wish I would have had the confidence to actually talk, talk about it. So today, if I know there are women at work um, that either have kids or going to have kids, you know, I bring up things around kids intentionally around them. um, So that way they are comfortable. They know they can talk about it. They don't have to put that part of themselves aside when they come into into the office. We're not going to hurt their career in any way because they, they want to have children. And these days and age, you know, many times that the men take off almost as much time as, as the moms do um, when it comes to kids. So it's not only a female thing anymore. In fact, no, it's not have paternity leave. And uh, we have the guys taking off almost as much time as the women take off. I went to the doctor today right before the show. And, you know, it's, it's and the reason I'm aware of this, because he's getting ready to have his third child. And he, he became my doctor when he was having his first. Now he's on his third. And we were talking about it because I had to make a decision. How many treatments did I want to get today based on the time he was going to take off? And I don't remember even people like in that profession talking to patients and saying, hey, uh, and he, he was clear, I'm going to be out of work around this period of time. You know, let's look at what we can do today. What do you want to get done? And I just thought, wow, that is so fascinating that he would do that because most professional people would never bring up their family. No, and, and uh but I still run into it. So this is a part of, you know, like I said, my career, I wish I would have had more confidence. I still see women today not wanting to have or being hesitant about having that conversation at work. So it's an area that we could, uh, you know, focus on and, and try to have confidence in it because otherwise when you limit yourself in one area, it like steamrolls and it, it, it just spreads and it's almost like, a virus that takes over like all parts of your life. So you have to be conscious about it. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, um, I'm not an expert at this and I certainly have a lot to do to go on this. I felt uncomfortable yesterday at my, my table tennis lesson with a couple of the guys as we're all talking about online dating. And, uh, you know, when you play a sport, you become part of the guys. You become like, you're, you're just like a person. You're not like male, female. You're like a person, right? A table tennis player. Absolutely. And I was just listening to this conversation and they looked at me and they said, well, what are you doing? And I just thought, wow, I have arrived now. <laughs> well, we are really going to have some bonding going on now. Right. Right. You know, I I mean, they didn't say, geez, at your age, do you think about dating? But that's kind of what they were getting at. Right. Um, But this is all part of putting this into practice every day. I mean, the last thing I thought at the end of my lesson, dripping with sweat, 
that we would be talking about, that I'd be talking about online dating with three men, right? But this is part of the new way now. And we have to learn something, Sherry, don't we? I mean, clearly, I feel like I have to learn some skills. Oh, absolutely. It takes practice. And that's, you know, just like we talked about with everyday courage. So we think about being authentic, being confident, and then we're going to talk about being empowered. Each one of them, it's just not like put this maybe old school way, put this gigantic plan into place. It's this perfect thing that's going to take you weeks or months or years, and then we're going to go do it. No, this is being more aware of the present and being aware of your choices and decisions you make every day. And what things can I do right now? What small change can I make? And then that one small change adds into another, which adds into another. You know, Tony Robbins has has a, a great um, saying he brings up a lot. And I, and I really do believe, he says, you know, people overestimate what they can do in a year, but underestimate what they can do in a decade. And you think about that is mm-hmm. we all have these great plans, but we forget that one little thing adds to another, which adds to another. And as long as you get the ball rolling in the right direction, you know, it will snowball. And every single decision you make in the right direction will, you know, put you on that path. And I think that's the main thing that, um, that I have found in my life. It's not like I did like this, just one gigantic thing. Um, It's really making small changes every day. You know, I I know we're going to talk about this in the next segment, but I, but I want to also get back to it for a minute. I don't think we could say enough about moral courage and its relationship to confidence. And the reason I want to bring it up, because you you reference sort of justice, we now know, at least in the field of research that I studied about broken promises, there are measures for what they call procedural justice. Not so much what you do, but more about how you do it. And we're seeing a lot of that today. You know, this is a muscle that I think each and every one of us in every day of our lives, we don't go to school to learn this thing, but it's important for us to learn it, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And there's more and more experts that are are talking about, you know, how much we actually probably don't learn at school and how much that um, we're better off to try to learn from other experts other people that are knowledgeable in the field. And the great thing is the time that we're in with the internet, that uh, it seems like you can Google almost anything. You can pull up a YouTube video, you can download a podcast, you can get education on almost any topic, right? And it's focused on, on, on what you want. And so, you know, moral courage and having that courage to stand up for your beliefs is happening more and more. They think of the Me Too movement. More people are speaking up than ever have before and supporting each other and not so much worried about what other people are going right. to think of them, but say, hey, this is what happened um, or I'm going to stand up for, for other people because it happened to them and I want them to know that they have my support. And it's just changing the world that we're living in. 
Yeah. Honestly, for me, my family never thought the internet was coming because they kept my grandfather's place of birth a secret from the entire family. It wasn't until one of my genealogy friends was doing a presentation at a retreat with 30 other women that she said, hey, let's look at your family. And so she brings up my grandfather's birth certificate. And all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute. I thought we were Italian. Grandfather was born in Brazil. And I, I looked at that like, that can't be real. She said, yeah, let's Google it again. And at that point, I just wanted to be like, what just happened? But part of this is being able to face this. When we come back, how does all of these opportunities that we get in life, whether it's finding out your family's from Brazil uh, or, or wearing that color shirt you really wanted to wear, even if you think that's a small thing, or talking about your family at work, how does it all create a new sense of empowerment? Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Listen, this is Courage to be Seen. And the host of this show that I get to spend time with is Sherry Clark. For more information, please go to couragetobeseen.com. Today, we're talking about ACEs. You know, this is an approach that Sherry uses in the work that she does, you know, to help others step into that zone, that zone of courage. Um, we're talking about ACEs. And so far, we talked about, you know, authentic and confident. Now we're talking about the, the, the E in ACE and power. And from your perspective, I think it takes on a little different meaning, especially as it relates to courage. Um, what do you think about when you think about the word empowered or empowerment? So when I think about empowered, I really think it is, um, ex- especially women, and maybe men would say they have it too, but but I just see women hold themselves back them- themselves more than anyone else. You know, that uh, too often women play small and they put these like qualifiers on just so many things they do. Like, well, after I take that class, you know, I'll do this. After I lose some weight, you know, after I get some training, you know, like, like if you just talk to people, like they have great vision, they have great plans. There's all kinds of things they want to do in their life. But there's always this but first, like there's always this, I have to do this and then I'll do that. Like maybe I want to throw a party, but after I clean my house, like, like there's so many things that are at delays that, that we put in front of ourselves that that's the part, like we don't self-empower us to just go forward and do things. And that's the part we need to, to focus on. You know, when I think about this, how much of it has to do with our conditioning around it or versus how much it has to do with the other two things we just talked about, you know, being authentic and confident. Well, think about kids. Kids don't do this. <laughs> you can ask them, you know, what is, what do they want to be when they grow up? And they give you the best answers in the world. They, it doesn't matter to them what kind of training you might need. It might, it, 
doesn't matter to them. They live in rural Nebraska. They want to be a movie star and, and no one makes movies in rural Nebraska, right? Like it could be anything. They have the best dreams, the best hopes. You ask them what they want to be and every single one wants to be the president or something, right? But then at some point in our life, we, we turn and all of a sudden, whoa, like that's not me. I can't do that. Or I could do that, but I have to do all these steps first. Like, let me just do this. Like I was just, just having a conversation uh, with someone, you know, and I was asking them, do they want to be a manager? Right. Um, or do they want to continue being an individual contributor? And, oh, yeah, no, I'd, I'd like to be a manager, but, uh, you know, I haven't been doing projects long enough. I don't think I'd have the respect. You know, maybe like in five years, then maybe I could manage people. I think of that, I'm thinking five years, five years <laughs> of my career. On, on average, I had taken two to three different jobs in five years, right? I mean, like, I couldn't tell you what I'm going to do in five years. That's way too long in, in the future. But to say, like, okay, I want to be a manager, but I'm not even going to let myself do any management for five years. What a crazy restriction that we put on put on ourselves, right? Wow. I was managing people with two years of experience. It's just like, you know, it's like if you're going to do something, you might as well get started. Yeah. Did you, do you think that comes from a place of caution or a place of uh, fear? Or, or, or both, or, you know, the last part of it is, you know, somewhere we have these norms that we create in our minds, which says, oh, I think, uh, okay, over here, I think over here, that's when I could be a manager. Yeah. So I think it's social courage, right? It's the fear of what others are going to think. The fear that we have to fit into these social norms. And if we don't fit into these social norms, we won't be accepted. You know, it's that judgment of others that um, can hold us back. And, and, and we all do it. We all have parts of our lives. So I'll, I'll tell a story of, of just, just recently, you're right. Uh, you know, I mean, I, um, I dress, you know, like this, because this is kind of the executive that I, I, I dress with. So this is my normal kind of, kind of way. And, um, and I guess, you know, I try to be the presentable person. Most people would expect it at, at my level in the company. <laughs> Um, but I, uh, I had a challenge, you know, um, from a friend one time to, uh, to color my hair, which is something I would never do. Not, not color it like, you know, blonde brown, but I'm talking about like pink and purple. Right. right? And so, um, I said, okay, you know what? I should try this. So one weekend, um, one day I colored my hair purple and one day I colored it, it pink. Um, very, very atypical to me. Not something um, I've ever done in my life. Not something I would have ever thought I probably would have ever done. Very not maybe socially acceptable in, in my job. Um, you know what? It was incredibly fun. And I was surprised that weekend how many compliments I got. Now, nobody that weekend that I was around had any idea who I was, what I did, um, and that I didn't normally color my hair crazy colors, right? Um, and so, but it was very interesting because I got a lot of compliments. Hey, I love your hair. Wow. Wow. I would have never colored my hair before. Um, and mainly I didn't allow myself to do it because of what would people's reactions be. And so then my friends like, okay, great. You know, you did this, but no one knows you, um, this weekend. So 
the real challenge is, can you go to work one day? Uh, I'm like, no, 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 absolutely no way. I can't uh, do that. And then um, she's like, no, you need to think about it. So we had a a fun day in the office um, just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, we were supposed to wear Hawaiian shirts. Um, they had a barbecue and uh, had a DJ, you know, so it's kind of like this fun party we were doing yeah. in the office. I thought, well, hey, you know what? I have this challenge out there that I should color my hair. And I thought, you know what? If I'm ever going to do this and go in the office with crazy colored hair, this would be the day. So um, I told my husband that morning, hey, I'm going to take this challenge for <laughs> my, my friend and I'm going to color my hair pink and I'm going to go in the office. <laughs> and uh, of course, he looked at me like, OK, you're a little insane, but you're doing a few insane things. So I did it. And uh, I definitely got a reaction in in the office. Um, and it was interesting because most of the guys and I work with my primarily guys like, well, that's definitely pink hair. You know, <laughs> um, the interesting reaction was from the women. It was really fun. They to talk with them. um, and no one asked why I did it. It was this fun day. And uh, so I didn't have to tell them I really did it on a dare. But the the reality was, um, as, I, as I thought about it afterwards, for, for me to go in as an executive with pink hair and talk to the other women um, about this, it was more of like, because I did it, it gave them permission. If they wanted to do it, they now knew they could. Now, I'm not saying no one else has wore pink hair in, in the office ever since. And it was right. one day stuff that washed out that night. But um, it is amazing how then that suddenly that opens up, like people have permission because, oh, if, if Sherry can do it, I could do it too, if I wanted to, you know, so that there's that piece of empowerment. We stop ourselves more than anyone else. I mean, there's no rules, no handbook that says I couldn't have pink hair. So I went with pink hair to the office one day. It was a great experiment. I don't know if I'll ever do it again, but it was fun to do for the day. It is, it is really fun. And, you know, sometimes when we're truly being authentically us, right, we don't even think about a response. And I think everybody listening to the show can point to something that they very naturally did that, either was noticed or looked at somebody that said, wow, did you really just do that? I think we all have something like that we can point to. The, the, the challenge comes when you really want to do it and you don't do it. Like you really want to go and do something like that. And for whatever reason, you don't. And well, I, think, yeah, like, I was, in some respects, kind of jealous of people that felt like they had the freedom to color their hair differently. Yeah. And so, so <laughs> what I would tell people that are listening, you know, and if you want to be more self-empowered and there's stuff, first thing to do, and this will take just a few minutes, write down 10 things that you've always wanted to do. Um, that you'd like to do, you know, for whatever reason that you're not. And it could be crazy stuff. Like maybe you want to get a tattoo. Maybe it's, it's um, other stuff like you want to go uh, hike along the Great Wall in China. I don't know. It could be all kinds of stuff. But make a list of like 10 things that you, that you really would like to do. And then after you have those, pick one thing on it. And then right now, do one thing that takes one step towards that. So if it would be the whole coloring your hair thing, let's say you wanted to have blue hair or something, you could go on Amazon and you could order the color. 
you don't even have to use it, but order it. It costs like six bucks, right? Right. And you could order it and get it delivered to your house. If you wanted to take a trip to New Zealand, you could order a magazine on New Zealand. Like It doesn't matter what it is, but take one step towards one thing that's on your desire list. And that will take you in that direction of being self-empowered in something that you're currently just not allowing yourself to even think about. You know, and sometimes that first step could be the hardest. But again, I think it's a muscle that we get to develop so that we can take that next first step and that next first step. So should we go through and do all of these 10 things then? Well, you know, I think the lists need to be living because what might be on my list this week could change next week because I just, I agree. So it's not like they all have to be always permanently checked off and completed. But I think if we're not doing anything that allows ourselves to grow, not doing anything in the direction that allows yourself to be empowered, then, then we're stuck. Right. And that does not feel like in in a good way. So um, pick something though. And, and today do one thing that helps empower you, um, to, to go forward into one of the things on your desire list. Do something you can do today. And, you know, and let's talk about this when we come back and we're looking at courage to be seen in the ACEs program, because there are things that we automatically take ourselves out of. Um, and I've watched this, you know, when I was younger, I was too young to do something, you know, and there are people that I work with now that are like 45 and they think they're like too old to do something. And so we have these things that we automatically take ourselves out of the game for whatever social kind of myth that we create for ourselves. When we come back, Sherry's going to talk about how does courage to be seen and the ACEs program, how did these two things blend together in, in, in a, just a beautiful way so that you can live the life you really want to live and to help us all do the same. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Courage to be Seen. As I said before, to find out more about Courage to be Seen, you can go to the website, couragetobeseen.com. You'll find out about Sherry as well and the ACES program. Um, you know, we're talking about the ACES program, but the, the question that comes up as we look at ACES and we look at what we want in life, what is it that brings this all together so that the people that are listening today can take that step, can create that list? Talk a little bit about how we move from, you know, authentic, confident, empowered to success. Yeah. So the first step is we have to understand, you know, what is success to, to you? And, you know, why do you even care? Why do you want to do these these things. And so, you know, many women that I talk to, they're struggling from burnout or feeling like they're not heard. Maybe they have to work harder than their colleagues to get recognition. Um, They just feel like they're kind of stuck in a rut and they'd like to do something different. There's all kinds of things. Um, And so you really have to think about, 
first of all, you know, what do you desire in your life? Because, you know, Dr. Pat, what you say is success is going to be very different probably than what I say is success. And my definition is not the right one. It's right for me and yours is right for you. And think about, you know, what do you desire? Do you want more money? Do you want a promotion? Do you want to work on a different project, a different job? Maybe you want to work from home or part-time. Um, you want a different title. Maybe your, your dream def- definition of success is to spend more time with your kids and you want to have a way that you could work, pick them up from school every day. Um, that is all success, right? It's not, it's not one thing at all. Um, maybe it's even your definition would be success is one day, one night, every week you could go out with your friends. And if you could figure out how to way to fit that into your life, now your life is successful. It's not me to judge, right? That's, that's something for you. So um, the first thing I would, I would tell people is take some time and, you know, get a piece of paper or your journal out and pretend it's one year from today. So it's June of 2020. And look back, you know, and think about what would your ideal life look like? What, what do you want it to do? What would you have accomplished this year? What would the next year after that look like? You know, what progress have you made? And just write that down. Ideally, what would it look like? And then that's what you should be working towards because your ideal life is going to be different than my ideal life. Like I'm not moving to Washington, right? It rains too much there. Um, but uh, so, so that's the first step because it doesn't matter and there's no reason to really work on being authentic and being confident and being empowered. If you really don't know where you're going, you have to have an idea of, of that, that direction. So um, you don't want to just wander and just see, well, I'll just do this for a little while and then I'll do that. Just take some time to know kind of what that means, means for you is, is, is the first, first step that, that you want to do. And the, the other problem though, I think that people have, they go, okay, that sounds like a good thing. Yeah. And I should, I should do that. But then we get in this like paralysis mode because you want to have this definition of your perfect life to be perfect, right? And so you're like, no, 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 this isn't something I want you to work on like for the next week or the next month to have your, your, what your definition of success is. I think it's much better to define what success is today, like 10 minutes, maybe half an hour. And then if you need to next week or next month, then you can change your definition of success. Maybe it's no longer important. My son graduated last week um, and we're going to take him on Saturday tomorrow. We're taking him to Kentucky to go to college. Uh-huh. So success, you know, in this last year was I wanted to spend more time with Jacob. And I even told my team in Shanghai when I was there in January, I'm not coming back to Shanghai until after Jacob graduates, because I'm not going to take two weeks to go spend in China when I could spend those two weeks at home with Jacob. After Jacob's in college, I'll come back to Shanghai. You know, and I normally go every few months, Um, but that was success to me. But now that Jacob's going to college next week, then my definition of success gets to change, right? And so so don't get this paralysis of that success is only a one-time thing or a defined one time, or it has to be perfect. You get to make changes to it. You know, one of the things that I, that I know you talk about too, is to think about those, those things that you want to do one step at a time. 
right? And I think sometimes we can't see the benefit in the one step at a time. You know, we, we, we almost don't do something because we can't do every single thing that needs to be done to have some result that we're looking for. I wanted to, to ask you about what is required for people that are listening to this? What have you learned the best way to be true to oneself, right? And still move forward. What's the best way to think about what it means to be true to oneself, to be authentic, as you said earlier in the show? Well, I think it is, and what my definition and what I do, and I mentioned it earlier in the show, is when I look in the mirror, I want to be able to truly look at myself and say, yes, I made the right decisions. Yes, I stand behind the decisions I made today. You don't want to look in the mirror and say, and be disappointed in yourself. You don't want to be disappointed in the decision you made or say, hey, I sold myself out. That's the true measure. That's something that if you take that time as you're brushing your teeth uh, tonight before you go to bed, and if you make decisions where you can confidently look in the mirror and say, yes, I did as best I could today. Yeah, everything didn't go right. Yeah. Everything's not perfect, but I did the best. Then you know you're living a good life. I want to ask you this. Um, number one, how do people find out more about you, the ACES program? And also, there might be some people that want to work directly with you. What is the best way for folks to do that? Check out my website, couragetobeseen.com. On my website, I have more information about, you know, ACEs that we talked about and some more hints on being authentic, confident, empowered. Um, Also there is uh, my email address, my telephone number. So feel free to to reach out to me and we can set up some time to talk. Um, I'd love to get to know you and and see if there's a way that I can help you out. Uh, You know, look, I I love that we talked about the elements of courage in the last show. And now we're talking about ACEs. You know, this is how we put this all together so that many of us who know what it's like to be stuck are not stuck anymore. So I want to thank you for that. I also want to ask you, what is your personal message? You know, what would you like to leave everyone with today? So, um, you know, we can only be ourselves and that we have to embrace, you know, who we are, our whole selves and have the courage to be seen that, uh, you know, I've transformed my life by allowing myself to be authentic and letting my true self be seen. And it's amazing how much that opens up. Just there's so much more joy in my life. My life is so much more fulfilled. Um, I plan to keep, you know, working on it. I'm not, I'm, I'm a, this is a journey, you know, life's not uh, just a destination. And so um, I encourage everyone, you know, get started, start working on being more authentic, being more confident, more empowered, and you'll just be amazed how much it'll transform your life. Well, look, Sherry, thank you so much. For those of you that are just tuning in, or you've heard something here that will help you Take that next step. Please go to couragetobeseen.com. Send Sherry an email. Think about the things she talked about today. And remember, it really is about putting one foot in front of the other. Thank you, Sherry. Great show. Thank you, Dr. Pat. I want to thank everybody for tuning us in and turning us on. And if you've missed any part of this, remember this will play again later today 
on TransformationTalkRadio.com. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Courage to be Seen with Sherry Clark. Be sure to tune in next time as Sherry unravels the riddle of being both distinctly powerful and distinctly female at work or in the world. Listen to the wisdom of what she learned being in a male-dominated profession for over 20 years, often as the only woman in the room. What kind of courage does it take to own your power and vulnerability no matter what? Find out the first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. Pacific on Courage to be Seen Radio with host Sherry Clark.